You have nothing for B-roll. It's going to be awful. <laughs> it's fine. We have plenty of B-rolls, and if we don't, I can go get some honey and uh, wrap it up in a tortilla and thank the bees for that. Because bees are 100% responsible for that B-roll. Buzz, buzz. I mean, I guess. Why are you going to be a Debbie Downer, Dan? I, I can't help it. This movie made me sad. Sad is the incorrect direction. However. Angry? Uh, Angry. Yes. Okay. See, now that's that's on brand, Dan. That's on brand. <laughs> yes. On brand, Dan. That's what we call him. That is said, I don't think you've ever called me on brand. <laughs> well, now it's better than ever. On brand, Dan. I'm Joe. I'm Ken. I'm Andrew. And I'm Dan. And we're the Rewinders, rewinding movies to see if they still hold up. And this time, we cut up our naughty neighbor's car who was mean to us, shoved it into a boat, and drove to victory on the Bay of Green Bay by watching One Crazy Summer. Yeah. (laughs) It's a good thing the 80s had uh, so many boat movies. So that way, uh, when the people in the movie start saying things like, uh, oh, let me bring up my notes because I can't remember because I'm not a boat, boatsman, botsman, <laughs> boatsman, sailor. Yeah. Hilliard. When they start saying things like uh-huh. Hilliard and their Hilliard line, they're like, oh, you guys know exactly what a boat does. Huh. It's just <laughs> surprising. But that's because they were watching the 80s movies that happened in the 80s. Yeah. Had anyone... In this small group of us, have a history with this movie. Has anyone seen this movie before? Not since before yesterday. That, that's not what I mean. I got halfway into the movie and then realized I had seen this movie. And my dad had had this movie on TV and laughed with me. And it brought back childhood memories. For some reason, it took until the beach. Until I was like, oh, I've seen this. Because then I was waiting for the Godzilla part. I was waiting for the beans part, like everything coming up. And yeah, it took halfway through for me to realize I'd seen this. I had a f- the only time I felt like I've seen anything with this movie before is that Godzilla scene. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, it was all f- fresh to me. And I can't quite place when I first saw it, but this was a on. I'm not going to say on repeat, but it was a repeat viewing that I had quite often. And I don't remember really watching it with other people that much. Maybe the first time or the first two times. But then after that, it was just me watching it by myself because I'm a kid. And this movie, I would not to give anything away in the rest of this episode. It appeals to a child. Oh, yes. You think so? Sure does. <laughs> no, I, I hands down agree. First hand experience. Yes. <laughs> And you can definitely tell uh, by a whole lot of things, especially first start of the movie where you're like, they kick right in and there's the the shrunken uh, graduation uh, gown, but also like the hat is also shrunken with the little cardboard bit. Like, that's not how that works. (laughs) And then uh, one of the grads get killed by a hat. There's a lot of that in this movie. As soon as one of the grads got killed by a hat, I was like, okay, that's what kind of movie this is going to be. It turned out not to be that movie kind of movie the entire time. I'm not sure what this movie was trying to do apart from keep the children entertained the whole time. 
<laughs> by introducing something like it once the movie started to feel like it was getting a little too serious they added something in to make it silly again yeah well if you have not seen the movie one crazy summer the movie kind of goes like this we got a, a kid who's named after a sport that he's not good at graduating from high school who is best friends with a guy who's he, he doesn't follow through kind of guy. He doesn't have responsibilities and he's not a responsible kid. Anyway, they decide that they're going to go off and have their summer in Nantucket before anything gets serious in their life. And my goodness, things do not go seriously on Nantucket either. And in the end, a regatta saves the day like it should between the years 1980 and 1989. Correct. That's a good summary. Yeah, that's that's a good summary. I like that. I I think the biggest disappointment for me in this entire movie was the fact that there was no bucket reference. Fuck what? When they're in Nantucket. Oh, right. What do you mean? There once was a person from Nantucket, and sometimes it rhymes with bucket, uh, or other words as well. You know. Okay. It's not ten minutes. Don't say it yet. Wait, what? <laughs> okay, I won't say it. D- Dan Dan's following the YouTube rules over there. <laughs> Sure am. <laughs> I don't know any rules. I'll just not say it then. I'll keep on into intonating, and that's fine. Oh, you'll say it eventually. Maybe not today, but you'll say it. I won't be say like it. a minute and thirty seconds, and then we'll be fine. And uh, I'll no, be because... there when you say it, and I'll point at you and go. There we go. That's like the thirteenth uh, invasion of the body snatchers reference I've had this week. Oh, it's Sunday. <laughs> we started over. Well, I'll count it as last week. <laughs> or I, I'm starting off this week on a good start. One or the other. Just get, just getting things going, which is great. Yeah. So I'm going to throw things for a loop oh. on this episode, and I'm going to ask you, what did you not like about the movie One Crazy Summer? What didn't work for you while watching this movie? Are we starting this way on purpose? Yes. Do you feel like this is going to be the, uh, or do you have some big reveal for, I? you know what, I'm just going to go with it. I do not. I do not have a big reveal. I just feel that maybe this is the movie to flip-flop. That's, okay. What I did not like about this movie is, it's so cliche. There's not a, there's not a lot of things that happen in this movie that will take you by surprise. There's not much of a driving factor. It's like whenever you're watching it, I guess the biggest surprises are the uh, childish gaffes, such as the ch- uh, kid being killed by a uh, hat or the, uh, the, the face is getting stuck. The face is getting stuck, stuck, uh, words, <laughs> uh, or like the, uh, the, 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 the guy getting exploded out of his house, which I guess, I don't know. There's not a lot in the way of surprises. There, there's, there's, everything is telegraphed. It's incredibly telegraphed. And so you watch this movie and you're already five or six paces ahead of the movie. And so at points, especially long points of this movie, it drags for me, at least. Let's continue to beat this dead horse for another 10 minutes, please. Let's let's go. However, maybe it's because it's 2023 and we've had a lot of other of these movies with these cliches in them that we're just kind of used to seeing this. And maybe it was a different thing back in the back in the 80s. Maybe maybe it was fresh. It had to be fresh at one point. That's true. Yeah, I guess that that does make sense. I think the thing that that gets me is I came in not expecting anything and 
when I looked at, like, the genre of this movie is written as a romantic comedy, I, I assumed that there'd be, you know, some kind of romance. Well, there's some kind of romance. Barely. <laughs> That's a crazy summer, not a, 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 a romance summer. That's that's yeah. a small part of being crazy. Uh, I spent more I spent more time saying what the fuck <laughs> during this movie than I have I think in any of the other movies that we've watched. Oh really? You have been very upset at certain movies though. I have. That is that is true. Has this risen to the level of upsetness that you have gotten over let's say Escape New York? No. Escape New York is bad. This movie is not bad. This movie, I, I don't know. Like, it. by the time you get to the end of the movie, you understand that it's a feel-good, like, stereotypical 80s comedy. But getting to that point is just confusing as all get up. I'm going to hold on to, you said this is not a bad movie. I'm going to go to sleep knowing you said this movie's not bad. It's going to let that warm the cockles a bit and... Make, make yeah. you a happy person. <laughs> Compare, compared to Escape from New York, this movie actually has merit. <laughs> what, if, it, what if Snake would have showed up? I, you know, I wouldn't put it past this movie at this point. Like, I can shoot that basketball for oh, you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't think year-wise it lined up. But no. anyway. That's fine. Because this was 86. Oh, what year was Escape from New York? What seventies? No, it was eight. Really? No, it was eighty. New York was eighty-one. Yep. Oh, right at the beginning of the (laughs) eighties. That's impressive. Uh I take back everything bad I said about that movie. The snake could have showed up. No, you can still say bad stuff about that movie. Blade Runner was made in the seventies. No, Blade Runner was eighties as well. I swear it was seventy-nine. Blade Runner was 1982. Oh. Yeah, I, was say, we just, I, I just looked this up the other day because we were. I was having Either a discussion way. about why Blade Runner is like the epitome of cyberpunk movies. Um, it is, but there are. I mean, better instances of of things. Well, it, uh, you are lucky. You are around the globe. <laughs> are there better instances prior to 1982 though no and is that the movie Ooh, we'd rather be talking point. about right now no no no. i don't want to derail the conversation don't want to do it <laughs> yeah we go from one crazy summer to cyberpunk that's that's makes well, sense well maybe i mean if we throw a lit cigar into a trash bin instead of a a monster suit could we no no. Anyway, <laughs> I think we end up with Canada at that point. We don't want that. And then it's one hazy summer. Oh. <laughs> so what, then we're we're jumping to um, 2023. What was that movie in uh, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas? Oh uh, yeah, Canada That's was on fire in that movie. There was a lot of fire in that movie. In Johnny Depp and his lawyer, whom I can't remember, Benicio del Toro. <laughs> that one. Yeah, I thought it just was mescaline. Fine. <laughs> Mescaline was definitely there. <laughs> but there is no mescaline in One Crazy Summer. No. That you know of. It was the 80s. Maybe Boscow was into the mescaline. The dog? We don't know. Look at it. Maybe, okay, I'll take it back. Meth. 
because it, it had all those bandages. So it was trying to, you know, cover up all the meth holes. Getting back to the movie, I hate every single person who uh, said something bad about that dog. Yeah. I think that's intentional, though. Yeah. They yeah. really laid into not making fun of... Do we even get what his sister's name is? Yes. I forgot. I didn't write it down, but they I, say her I name. I didn't either. Let's go with Cindy. Sure. It it wasn't a high priority in the movie. No, it wasn't. <laughs> Till the very end. Now, her and her aura played a role in the movie, but not like anything deeper than that. All right, let's let's actually that is something I did not care for. They set her up uh like, "Hey, don't say anything bad about her dog." And the things that she does are I guess it feels semi-minor apart from the closing of the uh, ties in the car, which probably led to the murder of those two gas station attendants. But I feel like if they're going to go over the top, they, they, they should have went over the top with uh, you shouldn't say bad things about her dog type things. But everyone who did say bad things about her dog had come up, comeuppance. The two girls got their faces stuck and the uh, gentleman who kicked her dog ended up uh, losing everything because his papa took it away. Oh, don't don't forget the gas station attendants That's who fair. got their ties stuck in the window. Oh, yeah, and dragged down the road. Yeah, I mean, those people, I mean, they made fun of the dog, so obviously they deserve to die. Oh, their tie would have gave out at some point. They just got road rash. That's it. One of the two. Uh, her name is Squid. Oh, that's right. Yep, yep. Squid Calamari. Yep, because his name is George Calamari. Oh, and it's because it's Grandma, Calam- Grandma Calamari, too. yeah. I didn't catch that. <laughs> Billy, no, I didn't either. Billy Bird is listed as Grandma Calamari. So it's the Calamari. I guy. wanted to look her up again because I was like, oh, that's the one person I forgot to double check what else they did was her. And I know I've seen her in a bunch of stuff. Oh, absolutely. Anyway. Including Police Academy for... Oh, so that's who played who played Mr. Beckerstad. Yep. William Hickey. Yep. And he was... Yeah, National Lampoon Christmas Christmas Vacation. That's where yep. he's most well known from. Uncle Lewis. Yep, Uncle Lewis. Yep. Two movies <laughs> where he's smoking a cigar. <laughs> She's an Ernest Saves Christmas. That's that's where I know her from. So this is like a multiverse movie. This is like continu- this is like canon events. Uncle Lewis always has to put a cigar out in something and cause some sort of accident with a cigar. He burns a Christmas tree <laughs> oh, down that in guy, Christmas yeah. Vacation. In this movie, he causes a Godzilla actor to go crazy and stomp through a through a scale model. I am I am there fully in. I mean, also very telegraphed. As soon as you see the uh, as soon as you see the Godzilla costume, you're like, oh, that would be funny fun if he uh, tromped through that guy's little uh, house, and then it happens like, oh, for sure. Oh, they had the same thought while making this. It doesn't make it less fun. That's that was one of the notes that I made that. There, there is, there is no Chekhov's gun that does not get fired in this movie. <laughs> but isn't that fun though? <laughs> they make references to something, and then not ten or fifteen minutes later, you get a payoff from it. That's great. But they do it too much. There's not enough. No, no. There, there's no cap. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So while while we're still in the lane, but we're veering into things we like, but. Negative things. For me, it's the jokes that I'm too smart for, and it made me sad. Like, as, a, as a kid, <laughs> yes. I laughed. So the shelling, 
the fact that he's picking up shells on the yeah. beach. Shells don't land after after artillery is being fired. And if they do, it lands yep. like a foot from the gun that's firing them, not on a beach all the way across <laughs> the water. So that was just right. that was just dumb for me. And then same with the lobsters. <laughs> you don't put lobsters in a chlorine-filled freshwater pool. Chlorine pool, right? They would die. The there's, amount of dead lobsters that would happen before they even got in that pool. Right. There's there's absurd jokes that as a kid probably were hysterical, but as a as a thirty five year old adult, it's just like I, I know too much for that to be funny now. <laughs> I had the exact same thoughts you did with the shelling and the pool scene. Uh the pool scene, whatever, that didn't necessarily tickle me very much. Uh, the the shelling scene actually made me laugh quite a bit because that is not what you expect. Yeah, you know, he's pick, going to the beach to pick up shells, you know. That actually caught me by surprise. Yeah, but his dad's the owner of the army surplus store. Right. That, that makes sense. I'm willing to forgive the fact that the shells don't actually go that far out with the with the mortars or whatever they're shooting there. And the and the lobsters, I can forgive that. What I the the jokes that didn't land for me were the the larger fellow sitting on a chair. That was one on of top the of the guy's head. I have fond memories and of. the chili. Like my, my yeah. dad laughed so damn hard at that. That was like the scene he wanted to show me when I was a kid. And it's great for kids. I think I think they did it well though because I think instead of having him just like uncontrollably farting and having like gross out gag scenes where you know what what was his name Joel is is sitting in the sand freaking out or anything like that I love right. the cut the cut was very well done mm. he's eating beans there's a little bit of panic and then next thing you know there's the paramedics that was a funny cut. I like that. That and the paramedics are angry at each other cuz neither of them want to work on them. And yes. that made me laugh actually. <laughs> And you can you can overhear their conversation. I have seniority. <laughs> They're just back and forth. <laughs> That's good. I like the that. only joke that <laughs> I actually like out loud laughed was uh, was when um, Hoops was super down and George was like trying to get him to like perk up a little bit, and he's just like, "Hey, did you ever notice that people die in alphabetical order?" <laughs> As he's looking at yes. the obituary, that was great. That was good. <laughs> Out of good. all of the jokes that that were made in this movie, that was the only one that I out loud laughed at. And there's plenty of those throwaway jokes, which they I I don't know, like the bottle of Jose Cuervo from France. <laughs> the bot the France, yes. yes, the bottle I laughed hard at, really, really hard. And then same with the popcorn, just you know, <laughs> popcorn <laughs> joke is popcorn. so good, right? And then she ate it all. It is it's great. It turns to her, she's gone. Yeah. Yeah, just that was great. Like some of the unexpected things actually did work for me. Yes, yes. Like those very specific examples. However, even in the grand scheme of things, the uh, bigger ones that they're trying to point out, draw out, whatever, didn't necessarily land quite so well. See, this is this is weird. I put this movie kind of in the camp of being right on the fence, teetering between trying to be kind of like, you know, 16 Candles, that kind of style, like, you know, classic 80s coming of age movie or or just fun story movie but uh right on the right on the fence of being something along those lines and then going full camp full i guess slapstick kind of like you know naked gun yeah full Mel there's, Brooks a, lot of, there's a lot of sight gags yeah. Yeah. Oh, in yeah. this movie yeah. i mean i see this movie and i see it kind of flip-flopping the fence between movies like that and movies like top secret and it's just like mm. it never really stays on one side or the other and it keeps flip-flopping and i see a lot of parallels between this movie and um Better Off Dead. So yes. Better Off Dead's got a lot of craziness yes. as well, a lot of animated sequences, um, some, you know, 
it's it's it it, it feels a lot the same and i i, I actually enjoyed that I, I liked a little bit of continuity between these two so a little bit of history that i if i remember correctly when i looked it up that john cusack signed on for better off dead and this movie together so these two movies those two movies were packaged together for him that would kind of make sense then. And it was kind of like a spiritual successor to Better Off Dead, supposedly. That makes sense. Yeah. Different writer, different director, so... This one leans a little more on the absurdity. Mm. A little? <laughs> it's not that absurd. D- jumping jumping a, a low-angle ramp with a large car <laughs> onto a, a boat that is definitely more than 100 feet off the edge of the... The dock? And like 45 mm. degrees away from the dock, but then when they show it again, it's perfectly perpendicular <laughs> with the ramp. Like, just, yeah. I, I... And the fact that those bikers didn't come back for him, you know, that's a Chekhov's gun that wasn't fired. Hey. Pink-haired guy didn't show up later in the movie. That is true. That's true. Pink-haired guy did that. not show just... up again. But that was that was in, what was the name of the town? Wood? Wood something? Yeah, Wood something. I don't remember. Would something yeah, I wouldn't know. It's a hell of a shot with the rocket, wasn't it? Right at the I end was, of the movie. I was waiting to say that. That rocket shot was funny. I liked that. <laughs> and I, I actually do really enjoy that Bobcat and, and the other guy pull up right at the end, too, just to get a little tiny bit extra. Like, it could have just ended with a rocket shot with his face being surprised like the DJ, but they, they drug it out just a little bit more just to have a little bit more interaction. I like that. Bobcat's character. Egg or Stork? God, Bobcat, Goldthwait. These days... Egg Stork and Clay Stork. Got Bobcat these days are hilarious. He's a very funny guy. He shows up on uh, Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me every now and again. Yeah. Does a bang-up job. He's also very well-grounded, and he supports a lot of really good causes. So I, I, I love yeah. listening to the guy. The guy's just one of the coolest guys you could possibly listen to. However, his 80s character... <laughs> jumps between making me laugh a little bit and just grinding that gear grinding that one nerve that just i i it's it's difficult for me to watch him sometimes in the 80s it's just oh everyone wanted him to do that role so it was so hard for him to get out out of that role Uh uh-huh it's tough and which i feel bad because he's he's a hilarious fella but uh god that role i i yeah, I, mean, I guess he was the only person doing it, and as a child, I thought that role was hilarious. <sighs> yeah, my dad hated. I can't imagine hated him in this movie, and then same thing with Police Academy. He, he couldn't stand him, but I, I saw the character develop. Like you said, like that's that's something that they wanted, so they kept on booking him to do that for various things. Mm-hmm. But then I'd say you get to like 1988 with Scrooge, and it it's not as shrill and not oh, as no. sharp, and it starts to slowly kind of bleed away into the 90s. <laughs> Which I'm happy about. Very happy about. Oh, very. (laughs) (laughs) If you could just tone that guy down just a hair, I think I'd really enjoy it. And he does have some really fun scenes in this movie, but uh, he just grinds on that that one nerve that just... You either love or you hate Bobcat uh, ladies. There's just no (laughs) in-between. I I think that might be one of those things that goes with age. Like, as a child, loved it. As an adult. Why is that guy so just batshit insane? Like, what's wrong with him? Right. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's definitely an age thing. I agree with that. I still like him in this movie. I did too. <laughs> <laughs> the the one I'll put thing in the negative category here is it's a world where everyone knows how to sail. Like that's common knowledge. Now, granted, everyone's on Nantucket, 
But there's a lot of people who came from the mainland that are actors in this show, and somehow they all know how to sail, too. And and the person who hates boats the most, and this is like his first time on a boat, we're supposed to assume, knows what, a, what the fuck a halyard is. Well, I mean, they did spend however many days it took to... Like refer the hull, sure. So maybe, maybe he was doing research, or he heard someone use the word as to like how to. I don't know. He 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 heard the guy before he brought out his uh, crossbow, which he wasn't all that <laughs> accurate with in the beginning of the movie, and now he can shoot ropes I, from a distance. I, I guess on I, a on a moving ship. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do have to put that in the negative camp of how he is supposed to be the father and looks to be the same age as everyone else in the damn movie. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, but I give points back because he reminds me of uh, the, the lead singer from uh, Electric Six. I was going to say, he looks like he should be out of Electric Six. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's got that look to him. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what that is. Look it up. Yeah, good stuff. He reminded me of, uh, what's his name from Once Upon a Time in Mexico? Uh who? Oh boy! Tre- Grind into a halt. He's Trejo. No, the the guy the guy who uh was from Wisconsin doesn't like Wisconsin. Oh, Will Defoe. Yeah, Defoe. That's he it. Appleton cesspool. He's not wrong. He doesn't look like Willem Defoe. No, but he looks like Willem Defoe's character in Once Upon a Time in Mexico. Okay. With the weird bad tan. Fair enough, because I don't remember Willem Defoe in that movie. And I have never seen. That I enjoy movie. that movie quite a bit. <laughs> that's a ridiculous movie. I can get behind. <laughs> I've never seen Once Upon a Time in Mexico. Is that a movie that has like a guitar case machine yes. gun at some point? Oh, hell yeah. Okay, I, I've seen bits and pieces of it. I've never seen the whole thing. Wait, you might have seen El Mariachi, which is basically the same yeah. movie except for uh, low, low budget. Yeah. Uh, Crotch Gun came out of the, that whole thing. Gotcha, gotcha. But anyway. Yeah. I, I mean, we, there's a, there's a so Ferrari engine in a let boat. Me, let me funny. squeeze in in here since i don't know where where we'd be able to fit it in anyways (laughs) so akak's dad owns the army surplus store yes did stranger things reuse the army surplus store set from this movie season three in season three no that was the end that was the end of last season there's another show yeah season four sorry season four that now that i think about it has a very similar vibe and for some reason, Harry and the Hendersons is the first name that came up in my head. But that's probably not right. But yeah, it. <laughs> but either way, I I was the, when we they panned through the 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 store, and I'm like, man, this looks really familiar. No, I don't know. And I can't I... find I can't find good like angles from the Stranger Things episode. At least online. <laughs> yeah. You'd have to actually go back and find the episode. I'd have to and, go back uh, and find that. Like, scrub through the episode. Yeah. To me, the, the military surplus store in Stranger Things felt a little bit bigger. It's It might be worth uh, checking out. Uh, kid shot himself. <laughs> it didn't. You don't know that he shot himself. He just fired the gun. And then he, and then the pops sent off. Uh, they needed medics for a tourniquet. Medics. He was just making sure that the kid was, if the kid was hurt, he was taken care of. Yeah, he's just a good scoutmaster. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I, I am taking us back just a just a moment in time here, Joe. I realized yeah. why the movies feel similar, and coming back to your comment from earlier, it is directed by the same director. It's directed oh, by it is. Steve Holland. And he I didn't know he did the. Okay, I didn't know he directed the other one, too. Yeah, so no wonder they feel the same. And and I love this quip right here in Reception, 
In spite of the director's flair for zany humor, this film is just absurd. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like that would be Dan if he was a professional oh, <laughs> Just, I mean, yeah. it's not wrong. No, I mean, yeah, it it's... <laughs> It's pretty out there. See, for me, I, I feel like this is where we all differ, because this feels just like another walk in the park for me. This movie feels just normal in all regards. There's a couple things that feel a little weird and off, but for me, it's just, I don't know, it doesn't feel that crazy, it doesn't feel that strange. <laughs> Good. In comparison, yeah. There is that. So, how crazy of a summer was this, really? Minus the fact that you cut open a cut cut apart a uh, ferrari and put it in a boat usually i think boats have a bigger motor than ferraris do that's fine uh well my father's brother my uncle on his side uh had a flat bottom boat that used a mustang engine as its engine and that thing went fast it's all about horsepower right so i could see this being pretty awesome then yeah did he get the idea from a movie? Because I, I don't let him see. This I don't one. know where he got the boat from. I don't. He doesn't even own the boat anymore. The boat owns him because he doesn't own. He the doesn't own the, the land that was on a lake. <laughs> I I still think one of my favorite scenes in the movie is when they actually do the dramatic exposure of the uh, the engine instead of just you know turning it on or whatever. They they blow <laughs> the protective shield. Blowing the hatch, yeah. I liked that. That was funny. That's a great way to do it. it like is. it's a, it's definitely a fuck you to the other boat when you uh you blow off the back of the boat and it's the car the entirety of the car. All they really needed was the motor and they took the entire back of the car, which is great. It is. <laughs> Left the license plate on just to just to piss them off too, like all of it. <laughs> right. Well, that's what you get for punching someone in the face. You you get your car cut in half. Which that was another scene I really loved. I loved watching Bobcat go absolutely ape shit. <laughs> He just yes. chainsaw out, starts going crazy. Everybody's panicking <laughs> and terrified, rolling down the garage door. It's, it's crazy. The only thing that I had a problem with that is that he revs that chainsaw and the blades <laughs> do not move. They don't move, yeah, no. Well, yeah. That, yeah. And it, that's fine. It's movie safety, 101. I mean, I'd have to go back and look at Evil Dead, but I feel like that's just kind of movies. Movies in general. The, movies, movies don't understand chainsaws. They don't understand how chainsaws work. In <laughs> so we're firmly in the the camp of what we like about the movie now so we can move to that officially yeah i mean ken you're saying how is this crazy bosco's puppies they're adorable and they they oh, were sure. born with injuries <laughs> see that that just adds to the craziness you asked how crazy this summer really was and you have that you have you know multiple deaths from random things you have multiple injuries from random things you have rocket launcher destroying a radio dj's house like you have all kinds of crazy shit happening I, joel one of the main characters nearly dies twice i mean this is a pretty crazy ass <laughs> summer if you ask me there was there was a fish with rabies a fish with rabies <laughs> Eats a man. A, dolphin a dolphin with, with rabies. rabies. A, a dolphin. A dolphin. But it wasn't a man. really a dolphin with rabies. Foam. It was a movie prop that. Yes, it was a movie. It was a movie prop from a movie called Foam. And it was the okay, second was the sequel to Foam. The sequel. <laughs> so the first one made enough money they were going to do another one. <laughs> and record it in the most expensive place they could. <laughs> 
I think they figured if they got to shoot one movie, this very specific movie, One Crazy Summer, in Nantucket Island, they should probably shoot a bunch of low-budget horror movies at the same time. I wonder if these low-budget horror movies exist. Like the chainsaw guy who's going to kill the nerdy guy for taking his girlfriend to the drive-in? I'm sure that movie would be incredibly short and boring. <laughs> hey, you chase people around for a half hour with a chainsaw and you're good to go, which is 90 90- percent of 80s horror movies just people being chased around by people with sharp implements and 70s halloween not halloween too that other one that's halloween (laughs) just keep on saying halloween movies easter the one with the bunny (laughs) stabbing people jesus didn't rise from the dead for your sins he rose from the dead to collect your sins Is that a real movie? I now it is. <laughs> is that from UHF? <laughs> no. That sounds interesting and fun. Uh, but I like the 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 craziest that it actually got was cutting off the back of a car and putting it in a boat so you can sail in a regatta that you probably didn't actually sign up for, and so illegally joining the regatta. Oh, can we talk about how how uh, you can just buy out somebody's mortgage? Ah. But that's because the banker was in cahoots with the evil family who owned the island already. So that was purposely sketchy. Like it, it, it wouldn't work that way because it's incredibly you sketchy. Do but she doesn't have she doesn't have money for things like a lawyer to press charges against the bank. Plus, they needed that so they would have to shoehorn a regatta in. And as we stated in previous episodes, evil land, land developer. developer. Yep. Evil land developer. Yep. Always. Always. <laughs> Chef's Kiss of 80s. Yep. <laughs> I love the animation. Oh, the animation's phenomenal. Yeah. It was gorgeous. A, a very beautiful animating. Uh, it made the... It, it pronounced the actual fact that it's a romantic comedy because, I mean, to Dan's point, there was very little to do with the romantic comedy, and that's, that's fine because... Half of romance isn't always 100% about two people being uh, falling for each other. There's, there's a lot of stuff that happens in life. So this is like an inc- incidental. I don't know if I'd be able to call it a romantic comedy unless without those animations. But yeah. But is that how animators really do things? They start drawing things from their brain and they're like, this doesn't work. Instead of, you know, making a plot line. But I, I, I understand it's going on with what's going on in the movie and he's not happy with it. I, I can say that when I was younger, I had no idea what the meaning behind his briefcase say, having the word Beirut on it or any connotation that he's firing an Israeli submachine gun. Those things went over my head as a child. Now I see what they were doing there. What were they doing there, Joe? Making reference to conflicts going on overseas at the time. What? Okay, that does make sense. How dare they? It seems it does seem weird to throw that in this kind of, in this movie. Just be like, yeah, it's an Israeli. Like, okay, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it seems it's inconsequential. But hey, maybe they had something to say about it. But yeah, it's just a political comment in the middle of the animation. Whatever. It works if you're in 1986 and you know what's going on in the globe. Yeah. I like that the animal hospital is actually run by animals. That was adorable. That, that was, was the best part I, of the yes, movie. the little doggy wheelchairs and stuff. The best pivot off of someone kicking a dog you could do is throw something super cute after that. Yep. And they did it. Another one that I thought really yeah. paid off was uh, when Joel's grandma 
cooks everybody food. <laughs> it's just like the restaurant bill gets put across the table. <laughs> that was great. I don't know if that was uh, outlandish prices for the 80s or not, but 15 bucks seemed like a, a good price for four people to eat. It did, it did. <laughs> I just love the absurdity. It goes from wholesome to just, what the fuck? <laughs> it's such a good <laughs> Again, something I uttered. <laughs> I should have kept a count of how many times I uttered what the fuck <laughs> watching this movie. I like that he came from generic New York and it was generic high school and generic elementary school. I was just like, yeah, that t- that tickles my funny bone a little bit. Should have probably uh, caught on to what kind of movie it was when they when they said when they were talking generic They're like, oh, that's yep. It's a great name for a school that you're never going to reference again, or a hometown. Mm-hmm. Just being like, hey, this is a generic place. Just forget about it. It doesn't even really need a name. Does generic New York work uh, actually exist? I doubt it. That's fine. I'm going to go with no. Uh, I got to figure out how to properly Google this, because I get, like, generic you know, you, New York address generators. <laughs> right. So if um, it actually exists... Uh, the maps application would pop up and be like, hey, here's generic New York. So nope, I, there's I, no generic New York. I looked city yeah. of generic New York. It's it's legitimately just made up for this movie, which is awesome. That's fine. No need to drag down a regular city because they're dragging, uh, raising deadbeat kids who don't have a future straight out of high school. Now, meanwhile, Nantucket can take whatever it gets. Yeah. Yeah, it's a bunch of rich people. They they can afford to take that hit, suckas. And apart from the one person who lost their house because of back mortgage. Oh, I did, um, like this time around, um, seeing that, uh, what's his name? Er, the young guy, that's the villain. Petty? Petty. <clears throat> so when you first get introduced to him, his girlfriend calms him down with animal crackers. That was great. <laughs> yeah. I was like, yes. I love that. <laughs> So good. And I mean, that played into something I noticed this time around while watching it is that 99% of this movie doesn't depend on putting someone down to be funny. That's a good point. That's a very good it's, point. Except for all of Egg. But yeah. he's empowered now. That's Even though he's not like actually saying it out loud, he's in a much stronger position than what he was as a kid. In his story that he tells <laughs> when he beats himself up, but yeah, he comes out on top. I felt like the the only character that really took the the brunt of they were the butt of the joke was the person playing the fat guy on the chair. All out, outside of that, no one really took the jokes on you kind of thing. Like everyone, yes, the bad guys were bad guys whatever that's outside the point but it didn't depend on diminishing somebody most of the time it was all like you guys said it was slapstick it was absurdity it was just being goofy and i i even the guy waiting for the million dollar phone call yeah because it's making it's more or less making fun of that action the action of wanting that so desperately to me that's what it read as it wasn't making fun of that particular person and oh, sure, I could sure, see sure, people sure. Okay. making the call saying, no, that, that could be seen that way. Yeah, well. And it also set up the uh, rocket launcher. How many rocket launchers were in this movie? That was a lot. <laughs> At least three. I don't feel like we have enough rocket launchers in our lives these days. It's because they didn't have any Uzis in this movie. maybe we have movie. just enough. No Uzis. You have to have rocket launchers. That was a big, uh, big I short mean, we did have the submachine gun, though. Oh, At true. At the very beginning. Yeah, yeah. So at least one. 
I also like that after the Godzilla smashing the island uh, scene, that Donald Lee is just so happy about what's happening Yes. in the next shot. He is smiling and having a good time. I'm like, ah, that's great. Then he gets choked and, you know. Yeah, when the choking happens, that's when it's like, oh, why? Wouldn't you be excited that the person you're coming or you're you're inviting in to, to help finance something is is happy? <laughs> like, don't be mad because your model got destroyed. And I know you guys brought this up. Yeah, the oh, guy. Go ahead. I say he he still goes on to uh, freeze the mortgage. And I know. I was it. surprised by that. Even after being attacked, like to me, I'd be like, well, it's against the law, so we have to give him one more day. That means there's got to be something else behind the scenes going on. He must be beholden to that family, the Beckersteads. What a great, bad person name. Shenanigans. Maybe they own the bank, too. Ooh. They are real estate moguls. Well, you actually don't know what the uh, dad does. He just owns the island or something. Uh, Grandpa, not dad. He's just a rich old Nantucket man. Yeah. He's not a bad guy. He he was going to see the band play, so he paid to go see that. You know, he was just looking for a reason to pull his son and grandson out of his will. Yeah, they lost the race, so he gave the... Money to the people who won the race. More rich people. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Interpreted that wrong. So you gave the house to the people who won the race, but who knows what happens to that money. I just assume more rich people get it. Anyway. Right, he just holds on to it. He gives gives the house back. Ah, yeah. That's fine. Because of friendship. If that isn't, I don't know. I appreciated that at the end of the movie. You figure that that old guy's going to be a jerk just like his uh, two children. It turns out he's he's a fine person. He just has a lot of money mm. in his wheelchair supporting the arts. So I'm going to, in the like category, talk about how life imitates art or art imitates life. You know, take it whichever way you will. When I graduated high school, I did not rent a cap and gown, but I saw the prices that they there were and i looked at that and said uh no that's that's a ripoff and knew that my brother he had graduated a few years before me and they didn't change the colors of the high school or anything so i was like i we already have a cap and gown in the house i'm just going to use that so i assume that cap and gown was probably washed because when I went to join everybody, I pretty much had the exact same issue this movie had. It was extremely short on me. (laughs) And it made me chuckle seeing it in this movie again because I'm like, that happened to me. Life imitates art. Yes, that's great. (laughs) I thought it was hilarious because I'm I'm like, ah. (laughs) All you suckers paid all that money for your gowns. I didn't pay a dime. I don't think there's a single picture of me in my gown out there, so. No, there's a couple. But I was a firstborn, so, like, we didn't, I didn't have the option to not, not getting a gown. And, unfortunately, my sister is a different stature than I am. Weird. I am taller and broader, and she is significantly shorter and lighter than I am. So she could have drowned in yours. She would have, yeah. She would have been wearing a tent. That would have been cool. Come out like, you know, um, not Oreo, uh, that one character in um, He-Man that it's like all like cape and a big hat. Starts with an uh, O. Oh, I can't remember um, his name. Anyway. Oh, yep. 
It's fine. He's the, I know whom you're talking he's about. He's the toy that had a ripcord that you pulled it and he zoomed all over the place. Oh, heck yeah. I uh, will go with that. Nope, I'm not even going to make one up. Yeah, so to put it in, so, in simple terms, I got a, a certain way through the movie and then just realized I was writing down jokes that made me chuckle. And then I just stopped and enjoyed the movie. The jokes got significantly better towards the end of the film from what I what I noticed. Subjective. Well, maybe the movie let, uh, warmed you up over two hours so there that way by the end you're more accepting of the jokes. This, this movie is a Stockholm Syndrome? Yep. <laughs> Great. Uh, hour and a half. My bad. Yeah. It felt like two hours. Hour and 33 minutes. And at the 45 minute mark I, I paused the movie to see where it was and I'm like God this movie's so long. <laughs> I was impressed with how much they tried to fit into it. Like, there's going to Nantucket, there's random bullshit, there's... Getting to Nantucket, and then there's more random bullshit. And by, there's a lot of heavy lifting done by saying random bullshit. Like, the main plots are getting the people to the show, and then the regatta. Yeah. Yeah, all of which has happened in the, the last quarter of the, the movie. It just felt like so much going on in that movie. I like the fact that Jeremy Piven even shows up in this movie. Yes, I was surprised by that. I completely forgot he <laughs> this in any capacity. I saw him and I just laughed at him. I was like, I forgot. But along with him, every, almost like all the major actors, John Cusack, Demi Moore, Bobcat, uh, Joel Murray, Tom Villard, uh, Curtis Armstrong, Donald Lee's not a major actor, but he's still an actor in this. Jeremy Piven, Mark Metcalf, William Hickey. They, in hindsight in all this, it's like, yeah, that's they did a great job doing what they did. Am I going to say this is like award winning? Hell no. But it's entertaining. And it, it right. I go back and watch this and I, I, it just makes me feel good. That's what I said. It is it is a mindless feel good film. You don't have to think to be able to enjoy this film. When all you need to get over your fear of being on a boat is to maybe possibly wink wink have sex on a boat? Hmm. We should test these rules out yep. in other places. I'm afraid of flying. Hmm. And then we get the uh the phrase motion of the ocean probably from this movie that's a felony by the way <laughs> but it's on an international waters what's a, what's a felony no the flying fixing your fear of flying with oh that thought process <laughs> international waters but in the air it's fine well then you just have to rent a private jet to take care of it because then who's gonna be upset by it the pilot okay that's awfully expensive to get over a fear but okay <laughs> hey. i'm finding resolutions to your not problems <laughs> i uh i like when akak lost his shit when when they cut the tongue off of Odie. yeah i was i was not expecting that <laughs> at all he was ready to kill someone over that <laughs> like they had to hold him back that's definitely one of the more random things yes so good okay so for those of us who have watched this movie before and and watched it now what how has your uh opinion of this changed or how you view this film changed and I'm gonna assume this is just Andrew and me. I um coming back to it, I think I think the thing that surprised me the most is just how long it is. Like you guys said, I got to the point with the beach. I'm like, oh yeah, then the then the regatta is gonna happen. And then I paused the movie and saw there's like an hour left. I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, I I think it's a great absurdist comedy. I I can definitely see people still appreciating this. It, it's not like you guys have said. It's it's not to the point where it's offensive anymore. It's it's just a good solid 80s movie that can still be watched it's it's coming back to kind of like 
I think of the same scenes in terms of like Caddyshack in comparison to this. And Caddyshack is, as we guys, as we discussed, kind of starting to lose its luster because there's a lot of problematic parts in it. Mm. Um, I don't know. I, there's I, significantly I, less problematic parts in this film. Yeah, there's there's no nudity in this, or I believe in Better Off Dead. I feel perfectly great watching this with anybody, kids, adults. It's it's a good movie for that. I absolutely enjoy this movie, and I I see introducing it to people going forward. Yeah, when I watched it as a kid, I just loved the goofiness of it. And Mm -hmm. basically, the plot line was fully understandable to me. Like, there wasn't anything that I didn't quite get about it. There, Of course, the stuff I didn't get were like little wink jokes for older people watching the show, I guess. But today, I just, like I said, I, I really enjoy the fact that it's nearly a harmless comedy. And that kind of makes it charming in that... Exactly, yeah. You don't see movies that... A lot of comedies since the 2000s depend on, oh, it's a fart joke. You're going to hear them rip a nasty fart. Oh, it's a dick joke. You're going to potentially see a dick or a, a covered dick. Something phallic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. It And the, the gross factor is a big part of it. And it's like, you don't need that. And that's why I like the movie is because it, to me, it it's shows that it can work. You don't need to, to depend on the shock value of people throwing up, even though it was funny in Goonies. Yeah. You know, the gross out isn't necessary to comedy. The people being the butt of the joke is not necessary for a decent comedy. And I that's what I like about it now is that it's kind of a charming funny movie now granted like you guys said that it, it definitely you could get caught in that middle nexus before yeah. it lets loose into the uh regatta but i came back and maybe didn't see it all new but i actually from watching it as a kid a lot to, to today god like i don't know 30 years later i chuckled probably just as much at it yeah i think coming back to it in my my 30s and seeing just how this kind of compares with other movies that I watched from the same genre and same decade. It's insane how less sexist this movie is, how less over the top gross out, you know, this movie is compared to other things in the same camp, same category, same time frame. Mm-hmm. It just, it feels so much better to, to, yeah. Anyways. You say less sexist. Yeah. Why wasn't Cassandra let, let on the boat? Why wasn't she uh, part of the regatta? Maybe she was the only one who didn't know how to sail. <laughs> There, yeah. Well, but Hoop didn't either. Yeah. Didn't she help Hoop get over his fear of sailing? Just because he, no, he, he had a fear of boats. You can be afraid of boats, boats. but know how to sail. Oh, <laughs> I'm making excuses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is a really good point. He, he never said he was scared of the water. He was scared of boats. Boats. Ah, uh, and that cookie just bouncing teams all over the place. I'm not <laughs> sure what to make of her. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Cookie was eye candy, and that's all she was. Yeah, it's not in-depth character uh, material. I mean, heck, the scene where on the on the beach, like she takes off her other swimming suit to reveal <laughs> a more revealing swimming suit, <laughs> yep. and just lets it go. I can't remember yep, his just... name. The taller, the taller store brother passes out into the into the water. That was Clay. I assumed he yeah. passed out in the water because he was uh, lifting, the exhausted boat. from carrying a boat. 
Yeah. That's what I thought, too. I thought... Uh, he was looking right at her when she dropped the bottom and top of her, her swimsuit. Yeah, that's that's okay. fair. Yeah. Fair enough. But yeah, like you said, this time around, I enjoyed that she just ripped that stuff off and threw it and never thought twice about it. It's like, things are expendable to me, which is that character. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Fair. Things are expendable. There you go. They, they kept her character going. Yep. Quite well. <laughs> And this is the the first time I was introduced to the Let's All Go to the Lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. That song with the popcorn and stuff. I think this is the first occasion of it where I saw it. Unless if it was in Gremlins. Then it's possible I saw it in Gremlins first. The matting on the on the theater, the, the uh drive up theater screen was was not good. But I, I, I understand it because like you you can't get clean film of a recording on a outdoor theater screen. Oh no! So I see why they why they they just comped in the movies that they were oh, watching. Yeah, Ted, tell that to tell that to Twister when when the Shining's playing on the outdoor theater. <laughs> Same production company, and then maybe. They had to. Uh... <laughs> They had to figure out how to do picture in picture because clearly one projector would just wash out the other projector. And oh, yeah. Be a the bigger mess. one would have washed out that yeah. tiny one for sure. For sure. Yep. But whatever. At that That's point, fine. we already it's know part of the joke. this movie's ridiculous, so it doesn't matter. This movie is exactly. the most sane movie we've watched, Joe. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, Man, we should get goofier. Well, to wrap this one up, would you guys uh, recommend this film to anyone today? 100%. Yes. Knowing what it is now and like sitting through it, it is, it is, I wouldn't say entirely wholesome, but it's at least entertaining. And a little wholesome. If firing a rocket launcher at a radio station is wholesome. (laughs) (laughs) That's very wholesome. I would not recommend anyone watch this movie simply because if somebody were to ask me what movie they should watch, uh, this movie is to me entirely forgettable. So, I'll just not remember that it exists. If somebody were to ask me if they should watch this movie, meh, yeah, why not? It's fine. Okay, that's that's a very fair point. Would I ever, if somebody asked, hey, what's a good movie to watch? Be like, oh, watch One Crazy Summer. No, I wouldn't. But if they asked no, me about yeah, One Crazy that's... Summer, yeah. That changes things. For sure. That changes things. Or if they were looking for more movies in this specific kind of 80s comedy genre. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'll absolutely be lumping this in with recommendations of of things like Top Secret and Top Gun, or uh, not Top Gun, Top Secret, Hot Shots, and like Naked, Naked Gun. Gun. Yeah, that fits in this camp very well. Yeah, it's a decent movie to pull out of your pocket when someone's looking for something like that. And like, yeah, they they probably haven't seen this one. There you go. Bundle it in with UHF and have a good weekend. Oh yeah. There you go. Now we're talking. So that was us handing out flyers for somebody playing music at the bar downtown to save their orphanage from being turned into a lobster restaurant by watching (laughs) (laughs) one crazy summer hey if this stuff is entertaining to you then you should subscribe and stuff if it ain't entertaining Thanks for listening, uh, until the end at least, because I assume you're still listening. If you're listening, what? That doesn't, wait. I'm fairly certain 90% of people who are listening right now are not listening. That's how podcasts work. (laughs) 
<laughs> I mean, we, we haven't gone into, like, doing any, like, ad work. Well, why should we? Chupies is the taste I trust. We don't have, we, we don't have sponsors. Yeah, exactly. So we, we don't, don't have to have, like, a, a mid-roll, a mid-roll ad that we gotta, Hell like, yeah. record and then have people spend however long the mid-roll is just skipping over the mid-roll. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We don't do that. Maybe you should slip, subscribe because of that. Huh? Huh? Tell your friends. Yeah, yeah. subscribe huh? so you can skip over our mid-roll. Here's, Keep looking for it. Here's a bunch of middle-aged white guys talking about movies. Where else can you get that? Huh? <laughs> uh, We're starting a new fine. trend. It's okay. But if you want, you can come back next time. I won't say in two weeks because we'll have to figure that one out. But come back next time where things might get a little goofy because we'll be watching a goofy movie. The goofy movie. Spoilers. I'm very excited for this one. I am too. I am too. I've never seen it. Tower Cheesa. It's been many years. Uh, Leaning Tower of Cheesa. All right. I'm glad you guys are all uh, yes. in because I know nothing about this movie. <laughs> oh, just oh wait till you God. see Monsters Possum Park. You are going to be singing that for weeks. <laughs> oh, man. I, I, we can't start talking about this movie. It's we can't. No. I want to so much. Please. So come back next time when we rewind again. So... How many uh how many political lunchboxes do you guys own? <laughs> Eleven. Political, That's a good question. Political lunchbox? Yeah. Squid's they, lunchbox was Nancy and Ronald Reagan. Oh god, I didn't catch that. <laughs> it it was a good it, that was one of the jokes that made me chuckle. I was like, ah,